Welcome to Firm Foundation Conversations, hosted here on the Vision Stream Network. I'm Brian Hudson, your host. Looking forward to a conversation with my, my friend and fellow colleague, Dr. Kenneth e. Sullivan, Sr. Looking forward to a great time, so welcome, Dr. Sullivan. Well, I'm happy to be here, and thank you, Pastor Hudson, for the, uh, for the invitation. Okay, let's go straight to my first question is, uh, since you turned your you found out the church, turned the church over to your son, uh, New Direction Church, uh, then called Charity Christian Center. Uh, what's God been doing with you since you empowered your son to become the pastor of the church? Working with my son, uh, I'm there to, to advise him and, uh, um, and to encourage him. And also I preach and teach, you know, at, at, at his uh, request. And uh, oversee two other churches in Huntsville, Alabama. I'm working with. We're uh, I'm kind of back and forth there, and sharing with them, and and uh, trying to help them to build up the work there. But uh, I have a lot more time to write as well. Uh, one of my passions is is teaching through writing. You know, I have time to to pursue that. Uh, giving more time certainly to prayer and devotion time, getting closer to God. But one thing that is that is really near and dear to my heart is um, uh, a work that we're doing in Africa. The Lord uh, connected us with uh, a pastor in in, uh, in Africa, uh, Bishop Daniel Marari. Uh, and so uh, we, of course, we made this trip to Africa together. And uh, so we're working with them to, to build a church, and our vision is to build a number of churches and, and uh, Christian schools because, of course, uh, um, Christian education is one of my uh, passions. And I so, so I see a real opportunity to, uh, to help to build the work there uh, in Africa. We'll talk more about that. That's uh, yeah. a great opportunity, certainly for you and for the kingdom of God, and mostly for the people there in the great uh, country of Kenya. Right. Let's talk about talk about this now. You have founded a publishing company called Emerge uh, Curriculum Publishing, and you have produced a number of resources, uh, curriculum for. Well, just talk about what you have produced through this company, Emerge. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, Established this uh, Emerge Curriculum Publishing because, uh, uh, of course, we operated a Christian school for a number of years, 10 years. And the Lord, the Lord actually put it on my heart. It was during this time in uh, the mid-90s when we were experiencing all this drive-by shooting and all of the uh, young uh, people killing each other. So we went in prayer, and, and the Lord put it in my heart to, uh, to start a Christian school. Um, we started the school, and uh, we were using curriculum that was available to us uh, um, that really didn't uh, encompass some of the things that uh, that I thought should have been in the in the uh, curriculum. So um, we set out to establish our own. So we, we um, established Emerge Curriculum Publishing. That was uh, it, it's a curriculum that is inclusive. We've done the preschool level, K-4, K-5, uh, complete curriculum, but it, it includes the contributions of people of African descent. My, uh, my dissertation was on uh, the degree to which the Abeka curriculum uh, includes the contributions of people of African descent. And uh, 
So I was passionate about wanting to include in the curriculum the things that uh, Af African Americans have done or, or black people globally have done in contributing to the upbuilding of, of society. Uh, so we, had, we did that, that included that, um, also strongly Christian-based curriculum uh, that we began to use there. And then from there I branched out and, and felt to the, uh, the need to write some other curriculum pieces. Um, we did uh, a discipleship manual uh, called STAND that is uh, um, an addition to a full curriculum that uh, has questions and uh, and an answer key, and it's uh, set up in a way that a person can, can use it in a classroom setting. Um, I also wrote two, uh, three commentaries, actually, uh, uh, the book of uh, uh, commentary on 1 Corinthians, and uh, 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 well, actually, two, uh, a commentary on the book of Galatians. And, uh, and, and they're set up uh, as a curriculum piece as well. Designed for a classroom setting, a small group, a large group, um, and then the Lord put it on my heart to, to write a, a, a book about uh, heaven. I mean, just just uh, was thrust upon me, and uh, that also was written as sort of a, a, a piece to, of the curriculum that you can use in a classroom setting. Just to, uh, teach me about heaven and eternal life. So, and a few other materials we produced, audios on black history, and uh, particularly uh, audios on some of the figures in the, uh, the, the leading figures in the, uh, in the Pentecostal church, Church of God in Christ, uh, of which my roots go back into that church. Well, as you were speaking, we were showing on the screen the, the book covers. I've got the actual books here in front of me. Here's the book on standing. And you've, you've seen the graphics already on the screen. Mm -hmm. Here are a couple of the commentaries. Uh, again, these are substantial works. These are, you know, not just pamphlets. These are, these are full-on books, uh, well-written. And then, of course, uh, here is the book about heaven. We'll talk about heaven here in a moment. Mm -hmm. and but here's the book about heaven. Again, a very substantial book. And I have here in my hand also a couple of the... Um, these audio products, uh, yeah. one about the portraits in black history mm -hmm. and the other, uh, the seven bishops, which details the leaders of Church of God in Christ. Yeah. And again, you also see on the screen the link to the website. So be sure to visit that link, go to the website, uh, and purchase the product, read reviews of the product or descriptions of the product. Let's talk, though, about this latest book, uh, Teach Me About Heaven and Eternal Life. Um, I am very intrigued. Uh, we, I've heard you teach on this in, in workshops. In fact, in Africa, you taught a workshop in Africa. Yeah, absolutely. When we were together there last, uh, what, 2016. Yeah. But why did you, well, I said the Lord told you to do it, but, yeah. but what is the motivation to a book about heaven, and why should people understand heaven before we get there? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm glad you asked that question because it's uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, as a Christian, uh, when I came to Christ, the focus was uh, upon this life and uh, what we should achieve and accomplish, accomplish in this life and mostly uh, overcoming sin and, and all of these things, which are, which are very important. They're critical to a Christian walk. But the, um, 
the overall goal of life, because this life is so temporal, uh, you know, mo most of mine is over, is already behind me. Um, what I felt was that Christians should have the goal and the understanding of what, what, the, what the end game is. Uh, and and not, not many people were talking uh, much about the details of what heaven is like, what, what our, our ultimate goal in life uh, is all about, the details. So I um, set out, I read, I read a number of, of, of uh, other books on the subject, and uh, uh, so I set out to, um, to write about the subject and in detail to give a, uh, a sense of what it's going to be like, that, you know, heaven is it's a very real place and it's a tangible place that we're, in, we're not going to be just spirits floating around. I wanted to give uh, the understanding of what we can expect, what kind of bodies we will have, at least to the degree that the Bible reveals these things. And the Bible talks a lot about this subject. Uh, so I didn't have um, any difficulty in digging up Scripture, over 100 uh, passages of Scripture in the book, talking about heaven and eternal life. So um, I just wanted to emphasize uh, the importance of, of bringing the subject of heaven to the forefront of the Christian life. Because the Bible tells us that we should uh, set our affections or our minds on things above and not on things of the earth. This life is so temporal. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 60s now, and, and it seemed like it came so quickly. Uh, so there seems to me that there is an imbalance in the focus in, in the average Christian person's life, and that imbalance is, throws all the weight over onto this life, living this life, prospering in this life, uh, getting off to the blessing. That's what everybody's talking about, uh, you know. Uh, and, and it's again, it's important. I don't mean to downplay it. But in the whole scheme of things, it does not begin to compare with what is ahead of us in the future. And uh, all through the Bible, God encourages us to focus on this, to, to, to think about it, to, to contemplate it. And, and, and I think that when we do that, it gives us the motivation to continue on through the, through the difficulties of, of, of life that we're facing, all of these things. Uh, knowing what your goal is, keeping your eyes on the prize is what, what drives you forward. So I wanted to paint as clear a picture as the scriptures would allow um, as to what heaven is, 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 is like now, where the people, where the, the saints who have gone on ahead, and then the new heaven and the new earth. We talk about that, and we talk about the, some about the millennial kingdom, where God is going to, to renovate this earth for a thousand years, and we'll dwell there. So I, I get into real detail about what our future is going to be like in the kingdom of God when he comes to, uh, to establish his kingdom. These are great insights. I've looked here, I'm in chapter 4, entitled A Brand New Body and a Brand New Mind. Oh, yes. And one of the statements here on the first page says, there are things on earth that reveal the transformation process Christians will undergo when Jesus returns. Yes. So talk a bit about, you know, we know heaven's ahead of us. Yeah. I know that people... Uh, maybe struggle to understand, well, how does that relate to me now? Well, you just explained how, you know, yeah. just a little while ago. But sure. this issue of the transformation process, explain how is that 
uh, helping yeah. us anticipate heaven. Sure, sure. You know, one of the things that fascinates me most is is the uh, the caterpillar to butterfly transition that takes place. Here you have a, a little worm who crawls around uh, on the ground, in trees, on bushes, uh, eating and getting fat. And then a certain time of his life, God has encoded in that creature um, the sense that uh, a transformation is time for a transformation. So uh, certain types of uh, uh, caterpillars will attach themselves under a leaf or on a bush, and uh, some will will uh, create a cocoon around themselves, uh, and and they will stay inside that cocoon until the transformation. And there are certain butterflies that their body kind of turns inside out, and and it creates a a leathery pouch around them, uh, what's called a pupa. And inside of that uh, pupa or, or cocoon, a transformation is taking place in that caterpillar. He, he turns to, from, from a solid to a liquid inside of that pupa, and then, and then a transformation takes place. He begins to change. Uh, he develops uh, long, slender legs. He, he develops a slender body, uh, antennae, and, and the wings form. And then at the end of the process, he cuts a little hole and it squeezes out. A caterpillar went in, a butterfly comes out. Um, and I think that that is one of the most stark examples of how God is showing us that we're going to be changed. We are earthbound mortal creatures here living in dying bodies. But at a certain time, either when we uh, die and are resurrected or when Jesus comes back and we're transformed, we're going to be changed just like that caterpillar from mortal to immortal. But in the meantime, if we happen to die before Jesus comes, then our bodies go into the ground, or, or even if people are cremated, God knows where all the remains are. Uh, but our spirit, the, the real person, the us inside, the consciousness, the soul, and spirit of the person goes immediately to be in the presence of the Lord. Paul said uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so the saints go to be with the Lord until the time uh, of the resurrection or, uh, or the, the transformation, the time when Jesus comes back to, to uh, catch up the living saints, what we call the rapture, uh, then the spirit reunites with the body that's been recreated for those who have died, and it's caught up to, uh, to the clouds with the Lord. And those who are walking around will just be immediately changed in an instant, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says. So, these are wonderful things that I think that we as the people of God should be uh, concerned with. These are things that I think that we should be preoccupied with. Yes, we should uh, deal with what's going on in life. We should try to be the best that we can be. We should try to reach as many souls. We should try to live the best life we can. We should enjoy life down here. But while we are engaged in life on this earth, we should keep our eyes on the prize. And the more we know about the prize, uh, I think the more motivated we are to look forward to it. And, and, and I, it, it helps us when we're going through difficulties as well. Um, I was in a hospital just the other day, un, unexpectedly wound up in the hospital. 
Um, but while I was laying, lying there, I, 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 I was reflecting on the fact that there's going to be a time when uh, this mortal body that I have is going to be replaced with a body that'll never break down, uh, that'll never have to go through the stuff that I had to go through while I was in the hospital, uh, that will be perpetually strong and energetic and beautiful and radiant, just like the body that Jesus Christ has. That's something that, uh, that the saints should think about. They should be reminded of. And I, I think that that's, that's kind of like the, uh, the major attraction I think, of our Christian life is to, to know that we're going to be transformed, we're going to live forever in perfect bodies uh, that will not be susceptible to temptation or sin. And, and so we cover all of this stuff in the Bible. So it's, to me, it's celebration. It's like looking forward to Christmas, you know, uh, for a child. I, I, I actually look forward to it. When I first got saved, because they never talked much about this stuff, I was actually afraid of the return of Christ, afraid of the coming judgment, because that's what all they talked about was uh, the coming judgment and all of the terrible things that were going to happen. Christians need to understand that we have a glorious future ahead of us, and we need to be learning about that so that we can stay motivated uh, to continue to go forward. Those are great insights. I'm, I'm excited thinking about, you know, heaven, and I've read parts of the book, almost the entire book. But I encourage you all to, to get this book. In fact, the, on the screen is a website. You can go to the books available um, in Kindle as well as print editions. Yes, it is. A lot of folks today like the Kindle edition. And also, uh, this book will, in fact, the Kindle will read itself back to you. That helps people mm -hmm. too, right? So it will read. Yeah. It will read the book. Kindle reads the book back to you. The Kindle device, rather, reads mm -hmm. the book to you. Now, as you were speaking, uh, the scripture came to heart, 1 John 3, Beloved, now we're the children of God, not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. Yeah, yeah. Then it says, yeah. verse 3, And everyone who has this hope in him yeah. purifies himself right. just as he is pure. Absolutely. So the things that Absolutely. we contemplate about heaven, about the future, have an effect on us today. Absolutely. There's a purifying clarifying quality yeah. uh, that learning these principles has. Right, motivating, a motivating quality, too. You we're, agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, we're, we're motivated to, uh, uh, to pursue um, righteousness, to, to pursue the likeness of Christ as we're looking forward to his, re his return. The more we think about heaven, I think the more we're motivated uh, to live a Christ-like life on this earth. You know, um, um, and I think that the more we know about heaven, and heaven is not detached from Christ, uh, the more we know about heaven, the more we fall in love with heaven, and the more we know about heaven and the king, uh, the more in love with him we fall. So I want, I want more of, of, of Jesus, and, and I think that we're, we're reading uh, and studying, and when we look into this, these things, we are, we're looking into our future. And uh, because we have some very sure things, uh, a, lot of, a lot that is around us is uncertain, but God has given us some certainty, some anchors to our, our soul that the Bible says is sure and steadfast. So um, I've read a number of books about he uh, heaven. I, I reread my own. I reflect on it. And, and every time I read about it, um, I, there's a lift in my spirit. 
there's a, a hope that's rekindled because, let's face it, going through all of the stuff that we go through in this life can dull our, our aspirations. It can, it can dull our excitement. It can cause us to become jaded sometimes and, and doubtful. So we have to re replenish our hope by looking into the promises of God. And the greatest promises of God have to do with uh, our eternal existence with him in heaven. Chapter 2 is entitled, Your Best Life After Death. <laughs> right. And there's a, a section here, uh, subtitle says here, The Happy Dead. And yeah. it reads here in Revelation 14, John says that a voice he heard from heaven instructed him to specifically inform his readers of what awaits us. And it reads, then I heard a voice from heaven say, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, he says, the spirit, that they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. Mm -hmm. That's a that mm -hmm. that brings so much hope and joy knowing that yeah. despite the challenges we've had in this life and the great joys of this life yeah. that what lies before us is total joy absolutely and total rejoicing in the presence of God absolutely you spoke of the new bodies I look forward to my slimmer body <laughs> but I'm inspired I mean I would think that you would think people would think okay heaven's coming I just I lie low I just cruise until heaven come. But the more I hear about this, the more I want to serve God now, the yeah. more I want to please him now, the Absolutely. more I want to enter heaven uh, yeah. in the correct state yeah. of mind and spirit and body. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. What are a few of the misconceptions people have about heaven? Uh, well, I think one of the greatest misconceptions is that uh, heaven is this nebulous, uh, non-tangible place. Uh, this foggy uh, place where there is no material, there, it, that, that heaven is an immaterial place. But uh, that's one of the, one of the greatest uh, errors, I think, in, in, in people's thinking, and I think that uh, Hollywood has had a lot to do with that. And, and, and then I think that filling in the void of ignorance uh, uh, with mi misinformation by um, some people who haven't really studied up on the subject uh, feeds into that. But uh, heaven is as real as earth, more so. It's, it's, it's uh, solid. I mean, there are mountains. There are, there are rivers. There are lakes. There are trees that produce fruit. There are animals and birds. And, uh, in fact, uh, uh, heaven um, comes from the word um, uh, that has to do with uh, a park. Uh, so it's a, it's a paradise. It's a, a real place where real people live. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a tangible place. It's, not, a, it's, it's mm -hmm. not this nebulous, gaseous thing, but it's a, a real, real place where real people live and carry on uh, full lives. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's all in the Bible. This is all explained in, in the book, Teach Me About Teach Me About Heaven. I mean, it's the whole idea. Teach me. Mm -hmm. We don't know. So teach me about heaven because the misconceptions have led us to a place of being silent. Sometimes when people right. don't understand, they go quiet. 
They don't want to touch it. They want to leave it alone as if we're not meant to know anything about it. But quite contrary, we are meant to know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure you've done a count or are aware of all the references to heaven. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are many. Mm -hmm. uh, Enough where we can't ignore the subject. So again, the book is entitled Teaching About Heaven and Eternal Life by Kenneth E. Sullivan, Sr., Dr. Mm -hmm. Sullivan. And uh, so thank you for for that. Now let's talk about something else. Let's talk about, go back to this discussion about education and you've been an educator you taught yeah. in uh, Indianapolis Public Schools for a number of years yeah uh, retired from there to, to mm-hmm. start your own school right um, and and now you're working into Kenya Africa right uh, you you touched it early on discussion let's talk more about that what what are you doing what do you envision doing in yeah. in Kenya and the larger continent of Africa yeah well, you know, the Lord uh, uh, connected me with uh, a pastor there, actually, uh, Bishop Dan. Uh, and um, I had been uh, communicating with him for a number of years since the time when we were operating our school. Um, and we made, he made contact with me uh, through a, a, a magazine article that I was featured in, our school was featured in. And so we began to talk, and I, I uh, would send him some material, and, and, and uh, over the years w- we talked, but uh, never had a chance to meet him. And, uh, Fourteen years we were uh, engaged uh, long distance, but uh, certainly the Lord used you, Pastor Hudson, and, uh, to make the connection because you were going there. And uh, so I had the opportunity, long, long and short of it is, had the opportunity to go there and actually meet with him, and um, to my amazement, the vision that the Lord put in my heart, the very vision that God had put in my heart to, to uh, uh, establish schools and churches here in America that didn't really come to fruition. We, we, uh, certainly we founded a church, uh, New, uh, New Direction Church today. It was Charity Christian Center when I founded. My son is pastoring it now, doing a great job. But I had envisioned uh, doing more churches and doing more schools, doing uh, schools. Our North Star is a great school. We had uh, like 400 students, and we were doing a great uh, job with it. And, of course, uh, things changed, and uh, our school had to close. Well, this pastor, is, is, uh, he has gone out and, and, uh, into villages. He went out on a bicycle preaching, preaching out churches, uh, and uh, – uh, and so he has churches that he's overseeing. He has uh, schools that he has started. Uh, some of them don't even have facilities. They are just meeting under trees or, or they're meeting in sheds. And, and uh, so the Lord, as, as we met and, and we talked and, and I got the full brunt of his vision, I said, this is exactly what God has wanted me to do. And perhaps... Uh, God wants me to do it here instead of America. Since the door closed in America, perhaps I can do it here. And so I saw opportunity uh, in, in Kenya. Do- a dollar goes so much further. It's, li- it's like going back to the uh, uh, post-Civil War days when, when, when uh, you could do so much more. Money went so much further. We have the opportunity to invest in this uh, to help build Churches, we're building, we're helping him to build a church now that will seat about 1,500 people. Um, and and uh, the church is going to house a school. Uh, he has 40, I think 48 churches 
uh, under his leadership. Some are meeting in, in, in uh, tin and timber uh, constructed building. Uh, some are meeting under trees and uh, they need facilities. So it's in my heart, uh, it's my dream and my vision to empower him to do what God had put in my heart to do. So we're partnering now together and uh, he's building it. Uh, we are helping to finance it. Uh, and this, the first church is supposed to be finished uh, in 2018. And we hope to go and dedicate that building. Um, we help, uh, hope to help to establish those schools, supply, supply some of the curriculum materials and our, uh, one of our ultimate hopes is also to, to, uh, to build a, uh, a Bible school there um, and uh, to plant the seeds of what could in the future be ma uh, major institutions. So I'm very excited about that. And, and um, uh, you know, in, in my senior years, it's like God has given me uh, the opportunity to dream again. So I'm very excited about uh, we're, we're feeding Poor children as well. Uh, we are helping to support teachers, uh, some of them who teach almost on a voluntary basis. So um, our, our goal and our vision is to help to build the churches, help to build schools, uh, help to establish a Bible school, uh, perhaps a Bible college, uh, and to help continue to feed the, feed the children and uh, hopefully at some point to establish a viable business there that will help to uh, help to fund these visions that we have in, in Kenya, in Eldoret, Kenya, East Africa. So I'm very excited about that. I am as well. We're partnering yeah. on that venture. And uh, Absolutely. As you say, uh, we, um, I mean, uh, you were speaking about how you have known Bishop Dan for 14 years plus now. Yeah. And, and I've been showing pictures while you've been, as you were speaking, and we showed pictures on the screen there. Yeah. Um, but it was amazing that when you discovered in 2013, I was going with a team yeah. of brothers into Kenya. Right. And I said, we're going to Eldoret. You said, Eldoret. Yeah. Eldoret. <laughs> right. Eldoret is where my friend is. Yeah. And so that we made that first contact Absolutely. in 2013. Yeah. Then you came in 2016. Yeah. And, the, and yeah. the moment when you all met for the first time, we captured yeah. that, you know. Yes. On, on, we pictured that, yeah, but that became, precious. that picture kind of symbolized in my mind, uh, not just a greeting of friends, but the marking of destiny yes. with respect to empowering the churches. And viewers should know that people who haven't been to Africa have a dim view mm -hmm. of Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's sad because Africa in many ways is better than America in terms of the quality and the pureness of the hearts of the people, sure, especially people who want to progress and do better. Now, not that we don't have it here in America, of course we do, mm -hmm. but look like we've the institutions have kind of beaten down people like ourselves, you know, who want yeah. to reach out and help our own people. Right. But the people right. with money and political power have co-opted the education system. Absolutely. Even have. though I think we could do a better job, mm -hmm. but yet, you know, but the doors open in Africa now. Right. And wide open. Right. Um, and the government, you know, wants qualified schools. They have oversight. Yeah. But yet there is there is the open door for people who have the heart to educate to quality standards and yet have a Christian point of view and that both are welcome. The yes. Christian perspective, the Christian, the quality Christian school. Yes. Uh, that's operated by truly grassroots people 
is alive and well in Kenya. Yes. And so we look forward to uh, to going, Lord willing, as you say, in 2018, mm-hmm. to to back to Kenya. Uh, it'll be yeah. my sixth time to Africa, your second time my to second Africa. Time, yeah. I can't wait to go, bro. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't wait it's to go. Be great, man. Even though it's a long trip, y'all. It's a long trip. <laughs> it's a trip. long trip. It's, it's long way trip. over there. <laughs> Other side. East Africa. East Africa. Oh, East Africa. Yes. Let's talk now about this product you produced entitled Portraits in Black History. I'm looking here at this at this album cover. On on the front of it here is President Obama. Mm-hmm. Taking oath of office, which was a tremendous a tremendous accomplishment in Black history. Mm-hmm. It also I see on the cover here we have um, uh, Frederick Douglass, Mary McLeod Bethune, mm-hmm. um, and so there's a number of people you've highlighted. Talk to us about why about the importance of this resource, but more largely, yeah. why is recognizing and understanding Black history important yeah. to this new generation? Well, let me tell you, uh, Pastor Brian. Uh, Aside from the scripture, the thing that inspired me most to and, and spurred me to try to accomplish as much as I can in this life has been studying the lives of African Americans, uh, uh, how they took just small, meager resources. Mary MacLeod Bethune started a college. I mean, she started to, she started selling pies to railroad workers, and she took a little shed, uh, and her, her passion was to educate black girls. Uh, and so he, she started a school in a little shack, and uh, she built it up, and, and over the years that became Bethune-Cookman College. Uh, we took our students down there to visit that college down in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, reading about Booker T. Washington, who took uh, nothing, and uh, built a school. He was a slave. Uh, and uh, after slavery was over, he, he gained an education at Hampton uh, College and uh, went on with nothing and built a college that uh, uh, built a school in a chicken coop. Um, and he went on and, and uh, built that up into, uh, up into a college. And, and and reading about uh, you know guys like Frederick Douglass and Marvin uh, Marcus Garvey and Paul Cuffey and all of these great black people who were under the boot of oppression, despite all that, they took nothing and made something. It inspired me. It inspired me, and uh, it was it has been uh, probably some of the greatest inspiration. I believe God used it to inspire me. Uh, when we started the church, we started with nothing. I mean, just my wife and my three children. And there were times, you know, from starting a church from scratch, that there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of disappointment in there. There's a lot of heartache in it. And, and uh, so you have to have something to motivate you. Uh, certainly the scriptures motivated me. The presence of God motivated me. But seeing these people take nothing and make something inspired me. So I understand the value of inspiration and our people have been for the most part have been cut off from that or and and a lot of them seem to have no interest in their history because they don't understand the value of the inspiration inspiration feeds and breeds aspiration so you get and when you see people who were worse off than you do better than you are it it pushes you to want to do something so 
as I, I would read these uh, uh, biographies and, and um, autobiographies and, and read about their, their great lives, and man, it inspired me. So we, start, we started, to, I was inspired. We, we stayed with the church, and we built that. And, and now my son is blessed. He's gotten it up to over 2,000 people. I, I, um, I worked at that thing, and I, the best I could do is 150. But, but from just my wife and three children, that wasn't too bad. Uh, then we started to school, and God blessed that, and we started daycare ministry, and God ble- blessed that. And all of the things that we did, um, when I would get inscur- discouraged, I would think back about what these people had to deal with. And so, you know, I, it, it would kind of shame me why you'd be so discouraged and you've got so much opportunity uh, and so much freedom to do uh, so much more. Uh, and so... That's why it's important to me. It's been important to me to try to get this information out to our people. And one of the most discouraging things to me is the lack of interest that uh, black people seem to have in their own history. And, and I know it's because they don't understand the power of, of, of looking back and seeing what our ancestors have done. They are, uh, we came from some great people. But that, the knowledge of that has been denied us. It is not taught systematically in the public schools. Um, and it is even in a, a lot of charter schools, they're not teaching it dis, uh, systematically. So I wanted to do what I could do to try to get the information out there to our people to inspire greatness in them because there is greatness in our people. Uh, but in and too many of our people, it is, it is dormant. It's there, but it's dormant. When you look back and you see what great people have done with almost nothing, then uh, it it can spark that that uh, you know that that dormant potential with, within them, and and, and uh, inspire them to aspire to greater things. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I was thinking as you were sharing that um, how you say that you were inspired by our ancestors by their work by their determination, their ingenuity, their strength of character. And I think that you've become black history to your son, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. and I think it seems yeah. to me that black folks, all folks, uh, th- those who excel and become great, I mean great not in the world's context, but great in their purpose, mm-hmm. are people who recognize where they stand, on whose shoulders they stand. Well, absolutely. And absolutely. having an appreciation. I, I watch some of absolutely. these um, great athletes, even like, like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Those guys know the history of basketball. Yes, they, they do. They know all the great people who played. They do. So there's something about knowing your history that encourages you to go right. for the best in right. life. So, right. Right. yeah. It, so. It, 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 it shows you possibility. Yes. When, you, when you've never seen what your ancestors have done, then you're, you're, you're working in, 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 a, in a situation where you don't understand the possibility. Uh, but when you see, hey, uh, they did it. They were just like me. They were black like me. They were, they were under greater oppression than I'm under. And they did all of this. It, it opens up the door of possibility for you in your thinking. And, and, and it just gives you the strength to press on and, and accomplish something in life. Well, you've been listening to a conversation with Dr. Kenneth E. Sullivan, Sr., and this has been a real joy 
learning about heaven and talking about education and looking into the possibilities of helping people in Africa, raising up churches and schools in Africa, and then now talking about the importance of uh, African-American history, black history, and history itself as a motivator uh, for the present generation. And so I want to thank you, Dr. Sullivan, for coming on uh, here on the Firm Foundation Conversation Mm -hmm. on the Vision Stream Network, and looking forward to just a great, great time ahead with you. Uh, again, going to uh, Africa uh, next year, Lord willing. Yeah. You got to say that, Lord willing. Lord willing. You know, Lord willing, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to go to Africa again. Yeah. So thank you once again, Ken, for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, God bless you. You stay tuned to the Vision Stream Network. We want to bring you more programming such as this that's informative. Uh, our tagline is information, insight, and inspiration. And we hope to offer that on every program, whether we produce it or we have producers who come on our program, or on our network, rather, who produce their own programs. We have high standards uh, for excellence, and I believe that you'll see in the coming uh, weeks and months and years uh, great programming here on VSN. So God bless you. Have a great day. Greetings. Welcome to Business Stream Network. Our tagline is information, insight, and inspiration. Producing solutions, finding ways to extend uh, the kingdom of God, to extend the reach of people I work with. And so this is the newest way that I have to uh, offer what I'm calling an internet broadcasting and production platform. This is the idea to offer to ministries, to nonprofits, to small business, to individuals, to come on and produce high-quality programs. Now, this platform has many capabilities, including live stream, simultaneous live stream, to Facebook Live, to YouTube, to a website. We also have capabilities that involve uh, apps such as TuneIn. We can do a feed to TuneIn. We'll have coming soon an Apple TV app, a Roku app. We're going to have the opportunity that all those who come and produce programs on this platform We'll be able to uh, stream live everywhere and be on demand everywhere, as well as everything produced, every show produced in this studio becomes a podcast. So all the producers who come on board with us, you'll get a web page, you'll get uh, live uh, programming, you'll get pre-recorded programming, you're going to get uh, visibility on the apps, on Roku, Apple TV. We're here to offer very high levels of quality at very affordable costs. Look forward to having you and having your graphic behind me here, having you sit right here. We got microphones around this big table. So it's not just internet radio. It's a broadcasting platform, audio, radio, and video. The time for convergence is here, and Vision Stream Network is a part of it. Mm -hmm.